<laughs> What's up, everyone? It's Randy Bruce from Survivor Now, your go-to source for international and U.S. Survivor. My team and I have been putting in the work to bring you even more content covering everyone's favorite competition show. We now offer more content than ever over on our YouTube page through our new subscription tier system. Sign up today for either our casual, superfan, or the tribe tiers to get exclusive content only available for our most committed listeners. Prices start at just 99 cents a month, and our top membership, the tribe, is only $5.99 a month. Come on, come on. You cannot beat that price for exclusive videos, interviews, and meet and greets with your favorite Survivor castaways. Head on over to our YouTube page to subscribe today. And don't forget to check out all of the content that we offer at www.survivornowpodcast.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Big Brother Now. Today, Will and I are going to be talking about episode nine of Big Brother 25. This is the Power of Veto episode. Will, let's just get right into the big juicy part of the episode, which is Felicia did it. Yep. Isum is on the block as a replacement knob. And we're going to talk all about how that came to be today. But I don't think I quite realized in the live feeds how many people actually knew about this me neither i think the the i think the reason why it's not apparent is just because it all it comes down to what felicia wanted right she had the power and so it's one thing if some of the outliers like you know blue and jag and Corey knew it's another if for the actual main alliance who initially trusted uh Hysum to turn their back on them but i didn't realize that either um especially especially someone like cameron I feel like it's it's better for Felicia to just be like, oh, you know, we're just trying to get out like Matt or or Jag, not you, Cameron, but not not to reveal the whole plan because it did kind of backfire because then it led to Cameron going to Red and saying, look, man, you know, they're, they want to vote at Hysom, which then leads into Red, you know, leaking the whole alliance and the name and the, and the everything. So, yes. Yeah. I felt that this was a missed opportunity by the bye-bye B-words to not fill in all of the professors before yeah. this went out. Besides Hysum, of course. But I felt that it was strange because if you're going to tell every single person who you are not aligned with about your plan, but not tell one of the members of the professors, it seems like that news was going to come out whether they wanted it to or not. And I think Red played this really, really well. I like that his strategy was to just sort of... Um, so, of course, Cameron does tell him that Felicia is planning on backdooring Hysum. And I love how his strategy was to just sort of like bring Hysum's name into the conversation first just to see how Felicia would react. Of course, she caught on that someone probably told him about the plan. But it was mm -hmm. still a really nice moment for Red. Yeah, it, it showed his uh, game sense in a way because Red is someone who, in my opinion, is one of the outliers, just kind of floating. Yes, he, you know, he's in the in the professors. Yes, he's in the main core, but at the same time, too, you know, we don't see a lot of agency with Red like we do with you know Suri and Izzy in the main core alliance. Um, and 
it's interesting to see and to understand how his how the way he views the professors and how that changes and how the dynamic between him and you know Felicia changes, right? Because he wasn't in on the plan. And so that at least has a red flag to red, um, where he wants to consider, you know, maybe having a different core that's not Felicia. And it, it's weird too seeing how he wanted to instead of jumping ship entirely, he just wants to invite Cameron in the mix. And he's like, Cameron, let me tell you, you're next in line for the Alliance. And Cameron's just sitting there like, oh, okay, fair. It should be way more of a red flag for Red. But this is where I was watching the episode, and I I just wanted to like play diary room for a a second with Red and just be like, what does this tell you about (laughs) the Alliance? I kept waiting for him to put the pieces together of hey, maybe there is a smaller alliance within the professors. Yeah. And, I mean, honestly, that should be a red flag to anyone. If you're in a major alliance and you don't understand the core and you don't know, you don't know who the core is, then you're expendable and you have to find a core, you know? That, that's something where, you know, it kind of shows how Red is playing the game. And, and again, it's showing, showing how passive he is because he doesn't want to build a new core. He doesn't want to jump ship. And he just wants to invite someone else to his alliance of five million. You know? Well, listen, there are a ton more players who are playing just as passive, if not even more of a passive game oh, than yeah. Red is at this point. Uh, and we can talk a little bit more about that when we talk about the live feeds a little bit later. Um, and just a reminder for anyone who is joining Will and I for tonight's discussion, uh, if you are joining us live, we do have our live chat open and available for subscribers. So make sure you just go ahead and press that button if you would like to engage in a conversation with us. Tomorrow is going to be a really exciting day. We have the pressure cooker and we have an eviction. Uh, however, you would have to be a member of one of our uh, membership tiers that you can find information about. And thank you, Will. You have the better reach for it in the graphic down below. But of course, for Sunday episodes and Wednesday episodes, all it takes is for you to be a subscriber. So like we said, there are some people who I think that Sari and the Bye Bye B words and the professors were right. As soon as they got rid of Riley, the other side completely fizzled and there are a lot of people who are available to be numbers now and it seems like the house is becoming um like a basically one solid alliance which is weird yeah yeah we like rarely see this we usually see one side that like there's another side that is uh having trouble uh, yeah. combating but this one is interesting it's so, everyone against a uh, heism right now <laughs> Yeah, That's all it is. Do you do you worry that it's going to turn into everyone against someone? In a way, I do. But at the same time, too, from what we have seen through the live feeds and a little bit on the show, the house dynamics are never stable. And so I feel like there's always room where someone's always like, oh, we, we should do this. No, we have to do this. It's never consistent, right? And that, that's something, too, I always think about because I see I don't see a lot of positive discourse from what I see online. Everyone's like, oh, you know, it's getting boring now. It's the same three people running everything. Right. But I'm like, understand that everyone is so messy and sloppy with how they're playing the game that nothing is ever consistent. I feel like in, in seasons past, like season you know, 22, you knew every week you know, from, from, you know, three weeks ahead, 
right? With this, it's like, oh, yeah, Heisem's definitely going to get evicted, but how is he going to get evicted? I think is way more interesting of a dynamic. And so I, I have more hope than just to say, oh, it's going to be another steamroll once again and Big Brother, just like, you know, 23, 22, 21, you know. I don't know. I have hope. You said it's just a matter of how Heisem gets evicted. Things are happening on the live feeds, which we might get into yeah. a little bit later, where there is potential conversation of a vote flip that always seems to happen around this time, right before the eviction, right? Everyone's just sort of sussing out their last couple of plans. Um, yes. But we'll see if it if it holds true. And I feel like if Heisem can somehow survive this, mm-hmm. I think <laughs> that he has the whole game in front of him. I think yep. this actually, if he stays in the game, I feel like this is actually better for Heisem because yeah. he got a, a taste of possibly going home. Again, this is all hypothetical if he stays. And he also is aware of what would have gotten him on the block in the first place, which is the fact that people were sort of getting annoyed by him and how he was sort of um, speaking over people. And, you know, I know people were unhappy with uh, his veto speech to Riley. So if he does find a way to survive this he might have like a a full new perspective on the game which would be interesting to see i find it really funny that on like twitter um leading up to felicia doing this move and putting heisem on the block people were like uh, i would say most people on twitter were rooting this move rooting on this move to happen yeah and now that heisem is on the block it's interesting because now we see people come back to twitter being like let's keep heisem like it would be interesting (laughs) Well, so there, there's there's two types of people on Twitter, right? There's team, I want my favorite players to succeed, right? This is where you get your Cerise stands, your Felicia stands, your Corey, America, whoever, where they're like, I don't care what happens. I want my favorite players to win. And then you have team two, which is team fun live feeds. They don't care who goes, what happens. As long as there's drama in the season, they are happy. And this is, they want chaos. I want chaos, right? And so I understand entirely why people want his son or Heisem to not just get uh, um, put on the block, but to stay because the drama, right? Because imagine, let's say hypothetically, right? Heisem stays, right? And let's say it's a vote flip. So half the house is, you know, confused and, and like what's going on and they get blindsided, right? And then we have a pressure cooker, which has a lot of parallels to Big Brother 6, right? We have Kaser fan favorite, comes right back in the game, split house, you know, boom. We might last another 14 hours. I want to say, though, I, I did a little research right, right real quick. If Heisem stays, he will be the third contestant in Big Brother history to survive a backdoor attempt. And I mean a full backdoor where he was unable to play in veto, um, gets nominated, and then survives. Only the third? Only the third. Wow. Yep. That would be cool. But you also filled me in on another stat when it came to Heisum and his uh, challenge performance, right? Yep. He is the first person to successfully win every competition he could in the first two weeks. Uh, He lost the first HOH, but he won the second. So if he did win the first, then he wouldn't be able to play in the second. So it doesn't matter. I mean, that's that's pretty cool. I'm sort of pro Heisum staying at this point, but... 
I have a condition. It's not just that I want the chaos. I want the people who are on the outs to be able to use him. And unfortunately, it seems like a lot of those people are unwilling to humor that scenario. So, you know, it, it's, it's very interesting. We can talk a little bit more about uh, what we think might happen tomorrow, a little bit later in our stream. But let's talk about the episode and what we sort of saw. Um, I am so happy that we saw uh, Nicole in the storage room segment. Yep. Finally. I've been asking for this. Um, so Mimi goes into the storage room to sort of rant about her house guest. And uh, it's just wonderful television. We, we finally got to see a bit more to Mimi uh, than yeah. we have in past episodes. And I'm very happy. And we get her full strategy, which is remain strong in like what she wants to happen in the game, but also compromising. Yep. And I think that's a a really important factor that might do Mimi very, very well. My only fear, I have one big fear with them showing this, right? I'm I'm afraid of casual fans who just see this part of uh, Mimi and then be like, why is she complaining? I'll, like, I don't like her presence. I feel like there's a lot of people who, who want Mikul's kind of personality without actually watching it. That's my fear. I'm so glad they showed it, but... I'm, I'm keeping a keen eye on Twitter and especially Facebook because we know how Facebook is. And and I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're like, oh, why is B. Cole so negative and toxic? Uh, but that I, you're right. I mean, there there's always those people who take the game to a far extreme and maybe aren't watching the live feeds. But yeah. also, I thought the episode did a pretty good job at making us like feel like Ooh. we were like up in the conversation with Mimi where we were like, Oh my gosh, I know like this is because they, they started it off so great. There was a couple of editing tricks that I actually really enjoyed in this episode that made it very funny, but it started off with, I know I forget who they were talking to, but it was like, I believe it was America and Izzy. They were talking to two people in the bathroom and yeah. the conversations were like, very much clashing over each other. It was very loud, very hectic. And then it cuts to Mimi just so over it. And I thought it was so funny. So I think I'm hoping people understand that it's it's a lighthearted segment of the show. It's funny. Um, Mimi is sort of our eyes and ears in the house as it is and how hectic it can be. Like imagine living with all these people that you just like can't really escape from. Yeah. And the whole point something too um it's it's a little un, um unrelated but I'll, I'll i'll bridge i'll bridge the two topics together sure but something a lot of casual fans don't realize in, in big brother is that they do not get access to the backyard a lot a lot of the times it is closed for for so they can build competitions um recently there's the the hurricane so they're not allowed yep. to go outside and so these players are literally stuck in the house, no back, no backyard, no sunlight, no fresh air. Um, and so that can drive a lot of people insane. And so that, that I think that also helps with understanding why me just needs time to go to the storage room and, and just complain and unload. And I love it so much because she, she gets, she says a lot of the things that fans don't like, like how people are constantly crying, cough, cough, Izzy. It, like a whole segment of Izzy crying and Heisem like hugging her, and then it just cuts to Mimi just so done, just peed off, mad at everyone, just needing time to herself. And then yeah. she gets interrupted by Corey 
which when she's leaving the uh, storage room. Oh, another that's just another like um, unplanned happenstance that was very, very funny for the mm-hmm. segment as well. Um, it was just like maybe just can't catch a break. Nope. Uh, and I mean, listen, like emotions are contagious. And I, I'm watching this yeah. season being like, I don't know if I would enjoy being in the Big Brother house. Like it is it's it's a very intense environment. Um, and then we also the other funny editing trick that I really liked is we get the Jared Blue showman section. But what I appreciate about this is that it didn't really spend a lot of time on like the, oh, like the love of it all. Yeah. I use that in quotes. But instead it cuts to Sari, who is watching this all happening, just so angry. What do you think about this section? I loved it. I think honestly, so because I felt bad for Jared in a sense for the first time all season because it must be very, very awkward to get in the showman's and or flirt man's, whatever you want to call it, with your mom like in the same backyard. And then she has to give a lecture to you and a stranger you met three weeks ago on how that's a bad idea. It was so funny. And I, again, I love how Izzy was just in the conversation with Sari and Jared. Izzy had nothing valuable to add to the conversation. It was just Sari going, hey, Jared, that's ruining our games. Think of what happened with Riley and Matt. Don't do it. And then Izzy, Izzy Fields is just going, yeah, listen to your mom. I, I, it was, it was also the music that they chose with this moment yeah. as well. I'm just happy Suri like knows about it. I don't think I caught on to that while watching the feeds, um, because the feeds like did catch Jared and Blue kissing, and I didn't know how much Suri really knew what was going on. I don't know mm-hmm. if she even knows about that. I don't think she does. Uh, otherwise, I feel like BB Twitter would have um, heard about Exploded. it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so I thought that this was really funny. It's not, I don't know that this whole showman thing, I don't want to spend too much time talking about it. I think (laughs) we, you know, people who are following the feed see that it's playing out very different than how it's playing out on the show. And I feel like that might be where we should just leave it. Yeah. But blue is also a very, very good actor. And we saw this with high I mean, blue is like, really crying like she was really committed yeah i i was i was convinced too with her first d uh dr the episode where she's crying about how her friends are getting nominated i'm like well she just lost riley i knew the backdoor plan was happening but i'm like you know she just lost riley it must be scary seeing her two other allies on the block and then she just smiles and's like nope jk you know n- this is not happening you know uh Heisum's going home and then it cuts to her and Heisum and Heisum, you know, um, you know, being like, Oh, it's okay, Blue. You know, it's just the game. It's it's almost tragic in a way. It really is. There's something that feels a little Shakespearean about this whole thing. Yeah. Which is a very interesting. Again, I don't like the dramatics are not over. We we Yeah. We have a full episode before the eviction where we are going to see so much more that has happened after the veto ceremony. This is where sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish the episode was like just a little bit longer so we can see the fallout. But I know that the eviction episode always starts with the fallout of the nomination ceremony. Yeah, I wish it was Thursday, man. Oh, me, t- oh, me too. For so many reasons, right? So we many have reasons. a very exciting 
eviction regardless of what happens and then we also have the pressure cooker which i know you're this is not the last time we're going to talk about it i think at the end of today's uh stream we should also talk about who we would like to win this and Mm -hmm. I, i know i have some ideas um but let's talk about the veto comp for a little bit to me this was part of the comic verse but to me it felt like a leftover humiliverse uh game that got like that got like a a reskin. Yeah, facelift. Yeah, exactly. I so part of the veto uh competition to me it drew parallels to that one competition in Big Brother 12 and you know what I'm talking about where Kathy gets stuck in the <laughs> caramel and then we watch Big Brother 25 Felicia gets stuck in the goo, you know. I I, I don't know if that was intentional, most likely. But yeah, I agree. It it had it had the comic verse, you know, skin to it where it's like, oh, it's you know, comic book style. But the whole like punishment that the winner had, uh, once we talk about the winner, you know, it felt very humiliverse and just I I don't know. It it felt weird, but it's big brother episodes. It's never the highest quality, you know. Yeah, you know. it's it's like I, you know, it's funny. I don't think Felicia was trying to be Kathy at all. So just put that out no. there. But genuinely was trying. But um, the this whole thing, it felt like because they, you know, because they got all sticky and then they got feathers poured on them. They had to cluck like chickens. Like it felt very yeah. humiliverse. And then you're right. I think this is like the one successful thing if they're going with the theme of like it was like toxic waste and the winner of it becomes um, some sort of a human animal hybrid type of situation and jag ends up winning yep and this is great this is all part of felicia's plan as long as cameron or jag won or someone won and pulled them off they could get high sum back on but i actually want to back up real quick because i need to ask you a question yes when it came to the veto selections have you ever seen more than one house guest choice before no i i think um i think there's only one chip now, technically, in Big Brother, you know, five and six, they were it was all house guest choice. There was no, you know, chip or or real if you want to be technical. Right. Um, but no, I think I think having only one makes a balance, though. It makes it fair. But tonight, Felicia picked house guest choice and picked Izzy. But then Cameron also picked house guest choice and I, picked Red. I was was this I a mistake? I didn't notice that. Yeah. I I completely I I I don't. Yeah, I maybe maybe there's multiple maybe for maybe that was implemented this season or maybe a few seasons ago. We just never saw it. It could have been a a recent change where they added multiple house guest choice. You know, they might have three in there now just just so anyone can get it. I don't know. All right. Well, we'll pose this as a question to our viewers. If any of you are watching, whether it's right now or after the fact, let us know in the comments. Has this ever happened on Big Brother, where it was a normal veto ceremony, a veto selection ceremony, and more than one house guest choice chips got picked. I'd love to know. Yeah. I could just Google it too, but that's no fun. No. Half the fun of a conversation or a question is for from the discourse. You know. Yeah. This costume is horrible. I love it. As a viewer, great, but like how it must be hot. Oh yeah. That's why I love it so much. <laughs> it's a punishment, guys. Anyone can wear a costume. 
I mean, a punishment for winning. I get if it was a humiliverse thing, I get it. But like, it's a comic book. This I don't know. I this the, the, the no. I'm not here to harp on the continuity that is Big Brother because I would be here all night. <laughs> yeah, just contemplating. But yeah, I don't know. Something got it. So something about it really got me. Um. So Jag wins. He pulls himself off. And there was a conversation where Hysum pitched Matt as a replacement to Felicia. And Felicia's like, yeah, Matt or Blue. And Hysum didn't like that and went to Izzy, I believed, and said, like, why take out a pawn when you can get a king or something like that? Or knight. He said, why take out a pawn when you can get a knight? And uh, Felicia, being just excellent television, used that in her renom speech. Yeah, and you just saw Hysum's face just, just, just went blank. Yeah, I felt I, I genuinely felt really bad for Hysum because I you can too. tell he truly believed in this alliance. He want he fully trusted the professors all week long. He's like, you know, Felicia winning is great. I don't have to win anything. You know, the professors were 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 going good. We're going strong, and then to immediately have. Get you know back backstabbed, backdoored by your closest alliance member. It's heartbreaking, and you can just see the emotion, the raw emotion. Just, I wanted to give him a hug personally, but it makes for great TV. It does make for great TV. We can't deny that. I, I was not a fan of how Hysum handled his HOH. Totally. Um, I think there were aspects of his HOH that I thought were good, but then I think socially it was lacking. And um, I know that's part of the reason why he was, you know, put on the block this week. But but like, I'm not a fan of how he really spoke to Riley or any of the other house guests really for that matter. However, yeah. seeing him, like we all know that he <laughs> was going to commit to his professor's alliance. Like that was no question at mm-hmm. all so to see him this just truly blindsided and truly confused it was kind of sad which is why it's like what what's it called in wrestling Are you when when like a a villain becomes a hero um, a baby face i don't know i have no idea i normally just call it uh not the heel turn but the opposite of a heel turn yeah yeah because uh, uh, but I think part of it too, the reason why I felt it so bad is because you can tell there was a serious level of um, just not being socially aware of how you come across from Hysum. And my fear is that he'll, he'll hear that, you know, he's on the block because of how he came across. And then that, that'll that make him question, you know, how he comes across. And, and you know, because um, he wasn't the best, didn't come across the best as an HOH, but he still cared for, like, he wasn't a monster, you know. And so it, it just sucks. It really does. I felt, I felt bad. I still feel bad. For but, Felicia's game, yay or nay? Nay. I'm kind of with you. I like yeah. the chaos. I like the the entertainment, but I don't think this was the right moment. Yeah, I I think the thing is, it's week three. It feels like it's week, you know, twenty three, but no. And 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 Heisum, he was very very loyal, and he is a huge pariah because again he was talking to people very negatively. 
he's winning competitions. He's a huge shield for someone like Felicia, you know? And so it would have, I don't think it was a good play. I think it's great for, honestly, it's great for the handful for people like Matt, Jag, and, and, you know, Cameron, because now that they were able to stay intact for another week, but I think it's damaging to her game. Personally, it's, it's like one of those things where, I mean, I feel like they need Hysem out now, you know, like if anyone were to take advantage of possibly flipping this, like yeah. it could be a catastrophe for their game, but Hysem has said, so we're going to go into some live feedy type of stuff. Now, uh, if you're really concerned and you just want to see how it plays out in the episode, totally get it. But just fair warning, we're going to talk about some of the stuff that happens after the nomination ceremony, uh, the veto ceremony. So, Hysum, um, of course, is is really hurt. And he's going on an apology tour. Um, and people are sort of explaining why he's in this position. And it, America actually sort of, it, like, briefly mentions it. I forget to who, um, but it doesn't really matter at this point. Like, maybe we consider keeping Hysum. But it, like, very quickly gets back to the rest of the house. Um, on, like, yeah. you know, like, that's just where we're, we're at with this house. And I'm yeah. just starting to get frustrated because i forget who she said it to but there seems to be this group like jag matt um like blue where unfortunately now what seems like what is happening is like they are funneling information straight up to felicia and surrey so like there really is no other side of the house and Corey, i mean Corey keeps trying to hint this to america but he's not yeah really successful at this for a couple of different reasons. I, I don't, I feel like there's more he could have said without giving everything away, but he's really trying to hold on to his own information. Um, but I really think that there is a group of people here that really should consider keeping Hysum in order yeah. to take a shot at the majority Alliance that's been dominating this entire game. Absolutely. <laughs> like, Again, the same people that really benefited from Felicia putting up Hysum are the same people that benefit from keeping Hysum. Because, again, Hysum just got backstabbed by his alliance. He's not going to be loyal to them, right? Especially with someone who is as direct, confrontational. And, you know, I, I love Hysum to death. He's not charming, you know? He's a perfect shield. And that's something that I feel like a lot of people need to realize you know, with Heisem is that he is a shield and a good one at that. You, you know, know what? So... I'm going to okay. challenge you a little bit. I think his intro dance is pretty charming. I don't know how to do it. I don't know. I've been yeah. trying. I think, okay. Heisem, the person, maybe he's the most charming person in the whole wide world. Heisem, the HOH <laughs> is different. And Heisem, the, the big brother player, not as charming, but but more charming than Heisem the HOH at the very least. I mean, this would be a really cool story if he somehow survives, teams yeah. up with the other side of the house, has a complete attitude adjustment to the game. I feel like that would be his winning path if he were to stay. You know, I like, I, yeah. No, sorry. I was going to say, I have a question. If Heisem does win like this, do you think that changes Big Brother forever? Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I feel like 
What do you think first? Because I know y- yeah. you've seen more of the seasons than I have to begin with. So my thing is, right, there's 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 two t- kinds of games you can win on, right? A gameplay win or a narrative win, right? Last season was very narrative heavy uh, because Taylor, great person, she's not the best Big Brother winner, right? She's not the big, best Big Brother player. She wasn't even the best Big Brother player on Big Brother 24, right? But she won because of her narrative, because she had that story of, you know, what going from bullied to, you know, Victor, right? If Heisen pulls it off, he's not the best big brother player, right? He made that clear. He overplayed his hang week too. But if he's able to come up past that and win, I think the way people view big brother as a game might change. I think people might view and think there's more stock and winning off of you know being able to sell a story rather than having the best gameplay or having a resume to build right hmm. you know what's funny about well it's not funny i just want to make it clear taylor's my favorite big brother winner and i will say in large part to the fact that week i had never seen such a mountain in front of a yeah. person like i did with taylor's season and it's one of those things where I do think, you know, and we're not here to talk about BB24, but like there were some genuine moves there that I think really aided in her case, regardless of the narrative also. But the way she also did her speech at the end was so focused on the narrative, which was another strategy. And I think Hysum is in a position where he can start from scratch again. He may very well be going home tomorrow. So this might all be a waste of time. But um, he, if, he, if he doesn't go home, uh, he has an opportunity to sort of have, have like a, a rise from the ashes type of story. And, you know, I feel like throughout Big Brother, I mean, there were arguments back when uh, season six, when Janelle lost and people were saying the winner of that season wasn't the best player. You know, like the, the narrative mm-hmm. of sometimes the best player isn't the one who wins has always been there. Um, so I don't think, but I do think I want to make this clear that the person who does win probably deserves to win because at the end of the day, it is the jury who selects the winner. Not probably always, always, thank always. You. Yep. The Paul Taylor or not Paul, Josh Taylor, <laughs> <laughs> Derek Lavaster, Dr. Will Kirby, Lisa Donahue. It doesn't matter if you win, you deserve it. Bottom line. Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. Same same thing for Survivor, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you are uh, deemed the winner of the season by the votes, you're the winner of the season. And no yep. one can really take that away from you, regardless of whatever hot takes online people have. So yep. I'm all for it, right? Like, I'm all for the person who makes it to the end winning. Will people be happy about the winner? Maybe yes, maybe no. Um, but at the end of the day, they are the winner of the season. So, you know... I think we have a lot of excitement looking forward to. Will, who do you hope wins tomorrow's HOH competition? Or should I say tomorrow or even the day after? We don't even know. (laughs) Hopefully it's the day after. Hopefully we get the winner Sunday night. No. (laughs) So I personally, personally really want Heisem to win the pressure. Wow. Okay. I really want that to happen. If not Heisem, America. Because... And word on the street is she might be built to win this competition. There's a very popular clip circulating where Did you see the clip. Yep. I saw the clip. Apparently she was in a competition. She was doing something back in back over the pandemic 2020, 
where she had a competition where she pressed a button for 26 hours. Granted, she was in her own home. She probably wasn't, you know, surrounded in a pressure cooker environment, but she still was able to hold a button for 26 hours, right? If she thinks her life is dependent on it, I think she could win. And that, that's an opinion a lot of people have. And America, yeah, hopefully Jared gets second and we have a cool moment where, you know, America promises Jared safety and then Jared goes home, except Jared's not a fan favorite, but you know, whatever. Oh, I see. I see the parallel you're making. You see there. the parallel. Mm-hmm. Jared's not Kaser and America isn't Jennifer, but you know, we still rock with this, you know. America is my pick to win. I, I just want... There is not really an other side at the moment, but if anyone is going to take a shot at the giant alliance, it will be America. So I am really rooting for her. I'm just going to be in my happy zone all day tomorrow. I'm just going to bring positive vibes into the, this is where I feel like as fans, it kind of feel like, so like I remember when um, Taylor won the the wall comp last Mm -hmm. year, I was, on the edge of my seat the entire night. I remember just sending as many positive vibes through my screen as possible, and it happened. So I'm hoping the same thing can happen to my pick to win this year. Yeah, I yeah. Um, not just um Taylor winning the wall comp, but Davon winning the veto in, in All Stars. The every season there's always that one fan favorite who wins the crucial competition. You know, Taylor winning that wall comp. Davon winning the the tiny veto, um, Nicole Anthony winning the slide thing, the the <laughs> hockey game in twenty one, right? Oh, like, yeah. So America could be our Taylor, Nicole Anthony, Davon, you know, or even Janelle in six, or, or, who also or, had a clutch win. Janelle in six for winning half the comp. Janelle in in all stars for winning like half. Chicken George winning the veto <laughs> challenge, right? Always happens. America could be ours. She could be our chicken George. I, I think we have all we're at a we're at a good place. That's all I want to say. I don't want again, we're not here to raise hopes, but we are here to have so much excitement over the possibility of something big happening in the house after this HOH is done. We shall see what it is. Will and I are going to be here to talk about the eviction episode and we'll also talk a little bit we'll keep you reported on what's going on with Mm -hmm. the um pressure cooker hoh competition that's set to happen we're hoping that it's going to be on the live feeds with that thank you all so much for joining us tonight and we will see you tomorrow